anxious yeah. that that was the kind of dominating kind of feeling and 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 concerned would we find a school that would take him and that he would be safer kids are twice as likely to be bullied if they've got food allergies than if they're not and so working in that kind of partnership is so important and everything that can be done to, no there's totally ways around it i think it's just that moment where you realize you've always had the way around it other people can have this and you can't i think it's that realization it will get better if you get a chance to write me a quick review on itunes i really appreciate it now let's grab a cup of tea get yourself comfy and let's get straight to the podcast hello and welcome back to the making same podcast i'm joined by sarah knight the ceo and founder of the algae team so yeah thank you for coming on the podcast today how are you thank you for having me i'm good I know. So yeah, we went out for a coffee a few weeks back and obviously we kind of got to know obviously a bit about the algae team and kind of your journey. But if we kind of start from the very beginning, I mean, do you have allergies yourself or is it your little boys have got allergies? So I always say I don't have allergies myself. Really randomly in my mid late 20s, I did develop a really random allergy. Oh really? What was that? Juniper berries. So no gin for me. Oh, really? Did you come out with like an itchy throat or was it like a sore throat? Um, hives on my face and my hands and then my hands would really swell up. Yeah. And then like terrible urticaria for like quite a while afterwards. Um, so not a typical kind of yeah. reaction. I think it's probably a delayed allergy um, because it happens sort of about 12 hours later and then it's really uncomfortable for a really long time so it's really worth avoiding like I am really what about now that have you, have you outgrown it or do you still just avoid it just in case like... I avoid it just in case yeah, yeah yeah so then with your you've got a little boy called Will how old was he when you found out he had these like serious like very kind of serious like allergies so we found out when he was about six months old uh trying to introduce milk um so he was a breastfed baby and he had I now know lots of warning signs. He had really poor eczema, his weight gain wasn't really good and he had reflux, um, which we'd been to the doctor for. And in fact, we'd been to hospital because of his weight gain, um, but no one suggested an allergy. And then at about six months old, I gave him a bit of formula and he developed these little white lumps around his mouth and he wouldn't really take the bottle. And I was thinking, oh, it's because he doesn't want the bottle, not yeah, because yeah. of the, the milk. The actual thing, yeah. And, and I did mention it in a health visitor clinic thing. And the woman said, oh, don't worry. You can't be that allergic to milk. Carry on. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this was 2012, so it's not that long ago. And I went home and I carried on. And, and these white lumps got bigger. And I was feeding him and I realized baby clinic was on at the same time. And so I bundled him into the buggy, went round the corner, the doctor's surgery was just round the corner and I took him in and by the time I got there, the lumps were like the size of a 50p piece. And I, I went in and I said, I'm here for baby clinic, but actually is there a doctor here? Because yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with my baby. And they said, oh, you, it's not a drop-in clinic, wait for the health visitor. And I was waiting in the queue and as I was waiting, Will was getting redder and redder and the lumps were getting bigger. And then he began to sort of gurgle in the back of his throat at which point I... So scary, I imagine, being the parent and not really know what, what was happening to your little boy. Yeah, it was, it was terrifying. And so I, I grabbed him and I ran past all of the people in the queue and I said, someone needs to help me. And, and, and you know, lots of people came forward and, and a health visitor sort of ushered me and Will into a 
separate room and we stripped all of his clothes off and someone ran to go and get a doctor. And, and just, I think by, it was cold and the sort of frantic kind of movement and stripping all his clothes off, he, he, you know, started to breathe normally and he, his, his skin was still bright red, but he began to sort of calm down. And following that, we were then, uh, booked into a hospital appointment and we went to the hospital and they that's where they diagnosed him with a very severe milk allergy and they said that was a sign of anaphylaxis and they gave wow. us um adrenaline pens and told us we absolutely had to avoid all traces of dairy it's so scary as well because i've heard stories like this before where the parents have just gone with their instinct and gut feeling where the doctors haven't kind of Dinos of it straight away or they've not realized it's a food allergy and they've been like like you said like yeah just keep drinking the milk and then you gotta go with that kind of gut feeling from the parent and there's no summit doesn't feel quite right was it one after that then did you feel like you got educated then or was it would you just in this kind of new world where you had to kind of learn yourself in regards to what will can eat or kind of like the traces or may contain it a bit of both um the hospital was great. Once we were in the hospital and the kind of in the system, they were great. They immediately booked him in for a full set of skin prick tests to see about other allergens because yeah. we were just embarking on weaning. They told us to avoid all other allergens until they could get him in and they could get him in quite quickly. That's good. So that was really helpful on kind of understanding it as a medical condition. But no one helps you on how to live with it and yeah. the impact on your life. And I went from, I've never really looked at a, uh, a food wrapper or ingredient yeah, yeah. you know I didn't know anything about this and I remember you know hours of sitting calling manufacturers asking them if yeah. the food was safe and I was so scared and and the support outside of the hospital environment yeah on a condition which is pretty life-changing just was you know there wasn't it wasn't there it's like the aftermath really like you the kind of like give you the EpiPens and say, oh, you did me dinos with an allergy. And then you just kind of go off into this world. And it's just like, like you said, it is life changing in terms of like, concept of like repackaging now or constantly where in terms of the allergy testing with Will, was it the skin prick test? And then how, how was that kind of journey with the allergy testing? Um, was it skin, skin prick test? Like test? I don't remember if he had blood tests then he's had them since. Um, and, and, there were quite a lot of things that came up on the blood test, uh, sorry, the skin prick test, um, eggs, um, soya, and then some of the nuts, they were kind of inconclusive. So then came, oh, and wheat, then came a big long list of allergy appointments where we'd have yeah. to go in and do food challenges to see whether, because of his allergy was so strong to milk, they yeah. didn't want me to introduce a lot of them at home. They wanted me to do it in the hospital environment. And so, then the next six months was weaning was just this, you know, period of in and out of hospital. Mm. Was this a reaction? Was it not a reaction? We became convinced that some kind of spice was giving him, but actually yeah, it was yeah. possibly just, you know, eczema yeah. or, and it, you know, it made us very, very jumpy. The, the very linked are the eczema allergies. I remember my mum saying on a podcast a few years ago, I, I had eczema as a kid and I was like, yeah, it's not linked with allergies. And then had another parent on the podcast and, um, I think Emma was saying, yeah, like eczema and allergies are so like very closely linked. So did he struggle with eczema then? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And and that is one of the big warning signs. If a child has got really like moderate yeah. to severe eczema, it's like really, really important that you ask them, could this, could there be yeah. an allergy related here? I wonder what the link is there. Like, I, I can't say too much about it because I, I don't know too much 
between the link but no it's really interesting like that could be like the first kind of warning sign for people to kind of be aware of so when then will obviously will go into school was that quite hard picking the right school in regards to them understanding how serious algae was or do they have the right training in place because i've got a very close friend aaron and he's got a very a young brother um and they really struggled with skills where they said if you had a went into anaphylactic shock they couldn't administer the EpiPen and it was a really weird ground where if they do it and it, and, it, and they do it incorrectly then the skills run like responsible it was, it was really weird they had a really tough time with that that's awful yeah it was really bad like in terms of like you were saying like yeah like if something happened they didn't want to take on that responsibility I mean how how was that for you then in regards to kind of finding the right skill and did they kind of understand the severities mm. of it yeah there are three local schools near us and we looked at all of them and actually we were looking kind of at preschool age so the year before uh, reception um, because we wanted to settle Will in as soon as possible so they really got to know him and we thought it would be a smaller environment yeah. and stuff and and actually the the school that we were hoping he was going to go to um they offered us a place in the preschool and then when they found out about his food allergies they took it away what they that said is crazy like, that is, i know i know i mean it's complete discrimination and i couldn't believe it and it made i was really anxious Angry. about school yeah, yeah. and it made me so much more anxious because then a school was telling me that they couldn't look after my child it was like all of my worst kind of so then i was like will i will i find a school that it's like we don't want to take on that responsibility now we found out he's got a food allergy and i can't imagine from the parent it must be like anger as well i think you you, you feel like well no one anxiousness at the fact like they're not going to kind of take it on and then obviously angry at that like discrimination like because they got food allergy that they didn't want to kind of take him on like. i think I, I didn't even i don't think i even went as close to anger because i think i was so anxious yeah. that that was the kind of dominating kind of feeling and 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 concerned would we find a school that would take him and that he would be safe at but it's sort of if they didn't feel they could look after him and keep him safe who could like yeah. was i going to find somewhere um He'd been to nursery though, so I was a little bit like, oh, if the nursery can deal with it and Why he's younger, then, yeah. then, so I, I sort of clung on to that. And then I went to another local school who was completely the opposite. And it was like a warm hug. I was like, oh, this is nice, my yeah. son, Will, he's got food allergies. They're like, that's yeah, no come problem. In, like, yeah. Come in. We're used to this. We can do this. What do Amazing. we need to do? Let's work together. It, it, they were incredible. And we've had a really and really good relationship with them since. Luckily, he managed to stay there um, for reception and onwards. And we've just worked really well together. Yeah. There's really good communication between us. They seek it out. I give it to the, you know, like. I think that's so important to have that communication. Do you have the communication with like the, the catering there? I remember my mum going to primary school to kind of speak to the chefs. Is that something you've had to do? Are the school just very good at kind of communicating to the catering about your, your little boy's allergy? Um, it's in-house catering and when he first started we had a meeting with the chef and went through all of that he was there because he started at preschool he was there for a while before he started having food there so they knew him really well which yeah, also made good. me feel really better um, and then um, yeah then we met the chef before he started having school lunches and and just everyone was brilliant they've got a it, it's just really well set up they really understand and they're really inclusive yeah. if it's pancake day they'll make pancakes that are egg and dairy free for the whole school oh wow so, or, that's amazing or sometimes not for the whole school but they'll make sure that there's egg and dairy free pancakes for will yeah. and so 
they're just always thinking if there's a sort of you know a Caribbean day or a French day or or something special they'll contact me a couple of weeks in advance and often yeah. say we're buying this for Will it's really similar to everyone else um is it okay and that's they'll give me the that they go the extra mile to make him feel included because I think that's a lot of issues sometimes like people feel a bit excluded when they've got an allergy when they get older and they can't eat at certain restaurants or go out with like certain friends to different places so yeah that's really nice that the school kind of take that responsibility on them totally and I think it's so important because you know we know that kids are twice as likely to be bullied if they've got food allergies than if they're not and so working in that kind of partnership is so important and everything that can be done to include children any child with any kind of medical condition or anything is so important but allergy especially as food is such a big part of our lives yeah Yeah. I really want to talk about obviously kind of like food bullying um it's not something for me, I never really experience it when I get asked this question. And I think it's because I feel like allergies now is more in the forefront in regards to you see it on social media or you see it in the news now. How has your experience been with like Will and Freddie? Have they had any experiences in regards to kind of food bullying with allergies or has it, has it been relatively a good experience like so far? It's been a pretty good experience. There's been one comment a few years ago um by someone it was halloween and they made they sort of teased will that he couldn't he wouldn't be able to go trick-or-treating and have the same treats as everyone else yeah and that was that was quite a hard moment when he came home from school and was talking about that and he was he was pretty he was really upset by it luckily we spoke to the school i actually also knew the mother of the boy and i dropped her a text and we spoke about it and it was dealt with actually it was dealt with really firmly by the school immediately it was just like the boy was called into the office talked to by the head teacher this must not happen um and i think again it's working with the school to make sure that there's a decent understanding of food allergies not just within the staff but also within all of the school so that it isn't acceptable or okay at all same as like bullying like and does it does it worry you? Because when I went through school, there wasn't really kind of like social media. When I got into the last final year of kind of secondary school, like year 10, year 11, I think that's when Facebook got introduced. But then I didn't have it on my phone. Like you would only go on it like after work. And I think the only other social media app was um, MSN, which yeah, back <laughs> in the school. day was like the instant <laughs> chat. Yeah, you go home after school yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. you speak to each other like that. And yeah, I find it hard now, obviously with social media being so kind of involved in teens lives from kind of like going through school is that something which kind of like worries you in regards to people writing comments or because a lot of time you don't even have to do it in person it'd be over kind of like social media as a parent is that something which kind of worries you I guess that you know as the parent of a nine and a six-year-old the whole of at the moment social media worries me and you know online kind of stuff I suppose I haven't and and also so does his food allergies. I guess I haven't really combined those two thoughts. Okay. Um, I don't. Yeah, sorry, I don't know. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, but I am really conscious that food allergy and relationships with his peers and yeah. and the wider kind of I suppose society is is really important and getting that right. And and worrying and wondering what I can do as a parent to best support him in this. Yeah. And and it's that balance, isn't it, between. Um, how much you talk about it at home yeah. in a way to empower your child, but equally not to let it dominate things. And yeah. 
And so there's a healthy relationship with his food allergies where he's strong, he knows what to do, he knows how to ask the right question. Yeah. But that isn't him. It's finding that right messaging as well. Because I think with May Contain, like, I've always really want to be like positive about allergies, but then there's times where I say something and it's just from a personal experience, but then I'm like, oh God, like the last thing I want is to make people feel anxious. And it's the same with, with I can imagine like talking to your child, it's finding that kind of right balance, like you want to empower them, but you also kind of want to educate them about how serious having an allergy is. Yeah, it's both how serious it is and educating them, but also giving them the confidence, but also making them not feel like that food allergies is everything about them. You know, yes. it's such a tiny part you know yep. and and actually it should be you know they play football passionate about you know yeah, reading say, or what, i was gonna say what what they're like kind of like super passionate about then you've mentioned like football on on, on your website like are they really into like the sports and kind of are they very kind obsessed. of social in terms of like with the friends <laughs> like yeah <laughs> obsessed with football that's amazing like absolutely love it love it love it love it um both of them um cars yeah. Obsessed by cars. Oh, really? <laughs> Last weekend, we went into central London <laughs> just to go to a look through the windows of a car showroom. Oh, wow. They really wanted to see a Bugatti. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I didn't even know, but I mean, when, car, yeah. when, when, <laughs> when, when did I learn that a Bugatti existed? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Probably not That's very amazing. long ago. That's such a young age. So, <laughs> well, yeah. just obsessed with like fast, yeah. fancy cars. So yeah. Ferraris. So we went into I can see London. if I can get them a placement. When I, I got offered a placement when I was um, at university for a company called Overfinch. And they get all the Range Rovers and sports cars and put the body kits on them and make them like super sporty. Oh my God, the dream. They would love that, yeah. So I don't, I'll try and dig out the email. I'm sure I might, I might have someone in there. But I like, if, yeah, it'd be great. If, Basically, like, Will, if he doesn't become a footballer, wants to like design fast cars. Yeah, that I mean, that's a his, perfect yeah. step in. Like, yeah, that's what they do. Like, they put all these like crazy it's, it's body kits on the car and make them faster. But yeah. They are really typical kind of boyish boys. Yeah. And and they're really sociable too. You know, they're, they're lucky. They've got a wide group of friends who, um, you know, who they got on really well with and who's sort of parents are really really amazing with their food allergies too and yeah. I, there's a you know handful of friends i can send my boys to and feel yeah. completely confident that they'll be okay on a play date without me there and yeah. and that's great really great that's amazing then i was gonna say in regards to back to kind of like social media i was i was watching a few videos about this the other day in regards to like kids now can spend up to like eight hours a day on like tiktok or like youtube and like do you like have to like set limits because it's something which worries me if i had a, if i had a kid now because you got to like tiktok is so addictive and and like youtube and like i was watching this video and like kids were spending eight hours a day because they didn't put a limit on it to see if the kids like was on it and to be fair the study showed that once they got out the system over the days they did it went from eight hours to seven hours to six hours to five hours um but yeah, it's, it's interesting in regards to like, should, do you like, do you think you should like set limits in regards to like how much time? Because you still want them to go out and socialize in person rather than through an app. So they're still a bit young for kind of social media. Uh, Will will fairly obsessively watch FIFA strategy on, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he definitely likes <laughs> him to play computer games. Yeah. So we do set limits on that they they're allowed to do it on like friday saturday and sunday for yeah. you know a small amount of time um because i think it is important that they're on it and that they get to do it and it's fun and it's what their friends are doing yeah. but it's yeah having those setting that, those boundaries balance. 
in regards to kind of will obviously then as he gets older and obviously going to like university where he does kind of take on that responsibility for the first time is that something which as a parent in the back of your mind obviously quite scary in the sense that like that he's gonna at some point when he kind of moves away from home he's got to take on that responsibility where he's got to speak up about it with new people and kind of restaurants and I remember doing a study like a few years ago and I was really shocked to find that not many kind of young people did kind of number one carry the EpiPens I think it was like 40% didn't and the other part was a lot of them didn't feel confident to speak up about it yeah it really terrifies me and I think it's we did a really interesting um Q&A with Professor um Graham Roberts a few weeks ago uh Graham Roberts is his sort of whole thing is kind of around children taking on responsibility and that transition from child to adulthood and how you best prepare them to be ready and he was you know absolutely we should be starting now and and we are like just not so much consciously I suppose but just by modeling behavior of like if you do go out and eat out you're really clear about asking about food allergies you know the boys are always conscious that we have their EpiPens or where their EpiPens are. And I, I often ask Will to carry his in his rucksack. Yeah. Um, and if he's going to a play date, we talk about it and he takes it. And and so sort of small things like that. But then uh, Professor Roberts went on to sort of say, he had really good strategies. For example, as your child gets older and they're in their teens, you know, make, get them to be responsible for carrying their EpiPen. Don't yeah. always ask them if they've got it but the time you don't ask them is when they're going to your neighbor's house and you're at home, you know, one minute away and yeah. you know, that's the first time you don't ask them maybe. So then if they do make a mistake, it's within a safe environment. Then when yeah. they come home, say, did you have it with them? Yeah. And hopefully if they didn't, the shock then and the responsibility they've now got will hopefully really help them. And I thought this, that's really nice, yeah. these strategies were really, because he said if you if you as the mum are always saying to your child have you got your adrenaline pen have you got your adrenaline pen then they'll always have it but then the time that you're not there to ask them they might forget so you've got to give them a responsibility which terrifies me yeah it's getting that habit as well like for me it was always like phone wallet keys epipen and even now when i leave the house i'm like phone wallet keys epipen and like the chances of me forgetting my EpiPen are very, very slim. There's been times where I've got to work and be like, oh my God, I don't have it. And then work like, no, just go home and get it. Right? So that's really good. But like, it is, it is getting into that habit as well. It's like, you won't leave the house without your keys yeah. or your phone. So yeah. like, why would you do the same with the EpiPen? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, just a really nice idea in terms of like, if you know he's nearby, like when he comes back, like ask that question. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Mate. And it, it's so hard not to perhaps always ask that question before they leave but it's so important that you have to step back to help anyway that is all ahead but it's um and yeah i i do get quite scared by it but hopefully using people like professor robert's advice yeah yeah that's amazing in regards to then kind of like anxiousness i know a lot of people with allergies do suffer with anxiety some i've suffered with from time to time and i've kind of spoke quite openly about it is that something which kind of, I mean, for example, do Will and Freddie kind of suffer with allergy, um, allergy anxiety, or if if so, how do you kind of deal with that, or how do you kind of make them feel less anxious going forward? So far, they haven't had a. He- There's been moments of anxiety, like before an oral food challenge. To we we did an oral food challenge with 
uh, with milk with Will a couple of years ago and the time before that was when he was two and he had anaphylaxis in hospital and it it was quite dramatic and so there was quite a build up to that um, and he was definitely anxious so were we really anxious yeah. all of us and but we were quite open about that and it was very much even though Will was still really young he was about probably six or seven then we included on him on the decision whether to do it and we had advice from a brilliant nurse at the allergy clinic who also sat down with Will beforehand and gave him an opportunity to ask her questions and he did he, Will doesn't speak up hugely about his food allergies yeah. but just occasionally and I really try and encourage it in a hospital appointment yeah. so that he engages too I'm like what question have you got so yeah. before we went I you know and his question was you know if something goes wrong what will happen and and you know, can I get really sick from this? And the nurse was brilliant in answering him. And I think made him feel that they were very much in control of the situation. It was a really safe environment to do it in. And it was worth doing because if there had been a change to his food allergies, yeah. then that was a really positive thing. And actually, and so we did it and, and it was totally fine. He did react, he reacted straight away. And it was dealt with very quickly by the hospital. And we sort of you know, it, yeah. we didn't move us on in that sense. But I think it was quite a positive experience because it made it less daunting and scary. If it does happen, yeah. I think that's a really good point as well. Like I had a guest on a couple of weeks back and she did like the allergy testing um, later on. So she was the same age as me, like 29, 30. And she was saying, because she did these tests and like you say, you do have like a mild allergic reaction. And like she got to understand whether it was allergic reaction or was it, an anxiety attack so she's like now because and I, I had the people around me so i knew i was safe anyway if it if the if it did get worse and our throat started swelling but she said because i've been in that situation now going forward when i go to like different like restaurants i know now like is it me just like getting myself worked up or am i actually having an allergic reaction so in some ways it's it's quite positive because you can distinguish now and it can be really hard sometimes to distinguish am I having an allergic reaction or is it just me anxiety kind of taking over? Yeah, and as a parent as well, that's really, you know, I'd only really seen Will have an allergic reaction when he was really little and, you know, he couldn't communicate then. And my biggest, one of my biggest fears was like, will I know that he's definitely having an allergic reaction or yeah. how will I know? And and it was really good that also I realised he's old enough to communicate that and he's able to communicate how he's feeling and, and he understands how he's feeling. So it was it was positive in that sense. Yeah. Um, and it was also positive in the sense that I think if we got to do another oral food challenge, he wouldn't feel quite so anxious about it yeah. because he would trust the system and, and stuff. Um, so there have been anxiety, but sort of mainly related to an incident or a moment as opposed to a general thing. Yeah. But it's something I'm really aware of. And I think as he grows older and becomes more aware of how impactful food allergies can be, it's something definitely that I'll be looking for advice and helpful. Yeah, I, was, I know we kind of spoke off camera and I was saying it didn't really affect me until I was probably like 25 and I start, or 26 and started kind of making tain. And I was doing all this research. And for me, that's when it like really kind of hit home and then, I, I was eating out or I was constantly having these like panic attacks like all the time and I think it's it's one of them it's always going to be there but I think it's how you kind of cope with it and how do you cope with it I try and like I'm really bad for this but I'm always like 
pulling down my t-shirt and looking at my neck or speaking to my girlfriend about is a rash on my neck and she's like no it's fine and it's really hard I, I feel like something I'm so I cope I think I cope with it because I do eat out but the, I'm always like checking my neck or like sometimes I think that makes it worse though like going to, like because I speak to my girlfriend and she says no rash then I shouldn't have to go to the mirror and start checking you know like but yeah it's it's one of them where I'm, I'm always just kind of it's always in the back of my mind and I'm always like checking my neck and have you ever got help for it for anxiety um yes and no not not specific for food allergies no but for other anxieties yes in terms of like I'm a bit of an old thinker and I mean most people are to be honest but yeah not like I don't really suffer with it like extremely bad but yeah I do I do have anxieties in my life and stuff and I think that probably trickles over to food allergies in, in some way and do you find food allergy anxiety happens for example when you're eating out as opposed to before you go to sleep at night or like is that how it kind of affects you it's or only is it eating more... out to be honest I think when it's definitely more so if it's a new restaurant because it's a new restaurant and you're like are they going to take it seriously and that's when I yeah that's when I'm like I've ruined so many t-shirts I'm always like pulling t-shirt <laughs> neckline down so it's like <laughs> so I can see my chest so um yeah I think I think it's more so like new restaurants and we do eat out at new restaurants like Turkish restaurants but I mean it's like Greek food so it's usually quite like safe and um Spanish restaurants I do eat out but I'm always making them aware and and I think if I don't think they're going to take it seriously then I just yeah I just want to eat there's a real gut instinct there right yeah and I think it's so important for people to go with that gut instinct I I went to I think I said on my stories the other day I went to a pub and the guy was like, oh yeah, there's no nuts in, no nuts on the, on in the kitchen or on the menu. And literally looked at the menu two minutes later and like one of them was like, yeah, a nut roast with everybody nut on there. So I pulled him back over. It's like, you told me there's no nuts in the kitchen, but you've got a nut roast and you've got peanuts on the side of your bar. Um, you know, you know, the pints yeah. and the drinks. And he was like, oh yeah. And I was like, so I'm like looking at him like, and I was like, well, you've just told me there's no nuts. Like, how can I trust you now? And she was like quite blunt. Um, and then he kind of went away. And then I felt like he was like saying it to the other team members, you know, when someone like sniggers, but then like looks over. And I was like, nah, I'm not eating here. So I, I, I was like, I shouted him over, I was like, I want the bill. Because um, he thought he come over, was like, are you eating here? I was like, well, no. Like, I think he knew why. I, I basically was pretty, yeah, pretty, um, a bit blunt, but I think obviously it's like, I don't want to be rude because like, you just, you know what I mean? Like, the last thing I want to be is like rude to someone, but he probably doesn't understand the seriousness of allergies, but then it's up to you then whether you want to put your life in their hands. And in that situation, I didn't. And we, we are elsewhere kind of thing, but it is frustrating. And I think for me, when I walk into a pub and you see peanuts next to the bar straight away, like I'm, I'm paranoid about drinking a pint then because I might well have touched the glass and I've touched the glass and touched my face. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one, right? It's tricky. It's really tricky. And I think, you know, with this guy and you get so much from someone the first time when you mention food allergies and their yeah. immediate response, like the amount of times I'm like, oh, my children have got food allergies. Are we okay to eat here? And they're like, yeah, what are they allergic to? And I'll say dairy and they'll go, we've got plenty of gluten-free options. I'm like, Mm. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> they can eat gluten. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that immediate kind of lack of understanding makes me immediately kind of like, oh. yeah, not uh, sure, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, I don't know where it's going to go from there. Does it help, Will, that Freddie's got allergies so that they've got each other in that sense? Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, although 
so Freddie was allergic to milk, but then he's outgrown his milk allergy. Okay. So that comes with difficulties because we need to get milk into Freddie's diet. Yeah. And he doesn't really like it because he's six and he's never had it. And it's got quite a sour taste if you're quite new to milk. Imagine, yeah. So, you know, we try all sorts of ways to do it, but we can't be too like, this is really delicious because we're really conscious that yeah. Will's sitting there. And, yeah, and, and so, say, you yeah. know, it's trying to get that balance and and how we get that right. Luckily, Will is amazingly kind of compassionate and understanding, which I'm always amazed by. Um, but as we try and persuade Freddie to have mm. milk at the same time as hard, yeah. keeping it away from Will. So it is, that's, that's tricky. But then there is also quite a lot of solidarity you know, in the fact that yeah. they share this condition, they both can't have eggs. And we work quite hard at home to kind of make sure that, you know, they have really good cakes and really good, you know, other yeah. things. But I, I'm finding as Will grows older that we were in the supermarket the other day and he went over to the cake section and the bread section. He was like, I'm going to choose something new. And as he looked around all of the labels, he just began to realise he couldn't have any of them. And oh, I guess like, yeah, we've shielded so much of that because there are more products becoming available because we have good things at home because yeah. we've sought them out kind of thing and there's this i think there's this realization that's going to come that is coming now on quite how big this is and it's how we never it's so out. interesting yeah because i mean i yeah i never go to the bakery or eat from coffee shops or like like you say i never go even when go to the supermarkets and got all the nice donuts and bread and like i never yeah, I would never eat that, it. Yeah, yeah it's always got that may contain label on it. So yeah, I can imagine, yeah, like it must be quite daunting in the sense that, but I think there's still ways around it. There's still like bread totally. I can have. I just can't get fresh bakery bread. Uh, yeah, to, no, there's totally ways around it. Yeah. I think it's just that moment where you realise you've always had the way around it. Other people can have this. And you can't, I think it's that realization, yeah. it will get better. And, you know, he loves lots and lots and lots and lots of things. And there's so much, and I really like to focus on what you can eat, which yeah. is huge and far more than what you can't eat. But I guess in certain environments, there's a lot more of what you can't eat perhaps. And and he's getting yeah. to know those environments now, whereas he's been quite shielded from that. Just before we jump onto kind of the journey of the allergy team, how was it then in regards to him going, like the kids, like Will and Freddie going to like food, like parties or kind of events because i remember me growing up as a kid like my mum always had to like bring me sandwiches or like do me a little pat lunch and i remember for like you know like six year for anniversary parties like there's got like a buffet of food and I, I remember like never eating it how's that been for kind of like will and freddie yeah similar um so with birthday parties um as will's grown older the parties have become less like whole class parties and a bit more kind of like i don't know seven or eight boys yeah then they're often they're often good friends of will's and actually the parents will often cater the whole party so it's safe for will which is amazing or if they have a cake that's not safe i'll bring something or some of them have even made a cake for will and another cake yeah. um a uh, good hack is to have a cake pre-sliced in your freezer so you can just take a piece out so then Will can have cake whenever Do you want. find it weird, but when someone, someone's once said to me, right, I've made this cake, maybe it's a work situation, I made this cake, it's definitely got no nuts in it, but I'm like, I still can't eat it because even though you told me there's no nuts in it, 
I'm, I wasn't there when you made it. Like, is it that thing? Like, I can imagine where a parent has potentially made a cake and they've turned around to yourself, Sarah, and being like, there's no nuts in it. I've checked all the ingredients. From your point of view, would you let him eat it or would you be like, no, like, just in case? Like, I think it totally depends. Um, yeah. There are some parents I 100% would let him eat it because I know that they got that they choice, totally yeah. have it. That's good. Others I'm more nervous of, whether yeah. that's because I don't know them as well yeah, or... Yeah. But some parents, you know, even if I don't know them, will send me like, okay, I'm using this spread, I'm using this chocolate, I'm using this, and they take photographs of every bit of it. Yeah. And, and then I do, like, because it's brilliant. And yeah. people are... I think the understanding of food allergy has gone up a lot and people are understanding it more. Yeah. We went to the kids um cake sale at school uh, a few about six weeks ago oh, a bit longer maybe i was blown away by it half the table not half the table half of one table was entirely kind of uh specialist kind of like whether it was allergy friendly vegan whatever it was really well labeled yeah. and i decided for the first time to risk and also i knew the person who was behind the cake sale that makes who was a massive difference. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. who had the knife and was cutting up the bits of cake and i really trusted her so i asked there was a huge queue i went to the front of the queue and <laughs> i said to the teacher who was at the front oh do you mind if we just you know because I, i'm a bit yeah, worried yeah. about cross-contamination yeah. she's like no, no no problem so we were allowed to go in at the sort of towards the beginning yeah. and and my friend was on the thing so i knew and i said to her and actually there hadn't been a piece taken from the cake, but even if there had been, if she had done it, I know that she would have, and there were separate knives. There were separate knives on all of them. So already yeah, it was yeah. massively safer reassuring, and, yeah. and reassuring. And and I bought a piece of cake from someone who I have yeah. no idea who made it, but because the ingredients and because it was all there, I just, I took, I took a risk. And, it, you know, it was a risk because of course they must have, might have missed a may contain or they might have done something, but I felt in an environment that was safe yeah. um in and it was so well labeled that i thought i thought they knew what they would and it was yeah. fine i mean it's one of them i think if you've got feeling you know that person and you've got that trust there and you you think you've spoke to them and said oh like and no, but i didn't actually know yeah. the person who made the cake i knew my friend who was on it who was cutting up the oh, cake okay. so i knew there hadn't been cross-contamination between that and yeah. another cake but because it was so well labeled and yeah everything was well thought through you know we had our kit on us we were in the school we you know we were also not in a remote yeah. area the boys were well there was you know all the yeah. factors with it but yeah and so they had a that's piece of I mean. cake from the cake sale well, i was gonna say i mean that must be nice for him not feeling like excluded where he couldn't eat like any of the cakes and i think for me even now i don't really eat cakes because go to the supermarket and half of them have or 99% have got may contain. That's the one thing I feel I miss on having an allergy is like desserts. Yeah. I, I feel I think like there's true. a massive opportunity there. Like. And I think nuts, so my children aren't allergic. Well, yeah. Will isn't allergic to nuts. He's allergic to dairy and egg. And I think nuts is, well, may contain with chocolate is obviously, uh, may contain milk with chocolate is obviously a big problem. Yeah. But, um, but may contain nuts, I think on dessert is, is really hard. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it'd be great to kind of talk about the journey of the allergy team and obviously how that come come about or did it come about because of frustration in terms of like lack of content out there kind of aimed at families with um, kids with allergies. Can we kind of talk about the kind of story behind that? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
so the reason the allergy came came about is because, well, as, as I said earlier, when Will was first diagnosed, there was such poor sort of help once you left the hospital environment with managing day to day. Now that has improved in the last nine years, definitely, but there's still no kind of hand-holding. And we really wanted to be the kind of comprehensive place to come to help you, whether it was the tools you need to read an ingredient, whether it's um, mental health support for you as a parent or for your child, um, and just be a kind of portal to practical help to help children with food allergies at, in the first instance yep. um, thrive. And, and you know, to let people know that they can do whatever they want to do. They just need to perhaps yeah. do a couple of things beforehand to make that possible. Yep. You know, so many people are nervous about eating out or don't know how to start weaning or are scared about starting school. But there's all these parents who've done trod this journey before. So yep. can we pull together that advice and help to help people kind of going through it now? Yeah. And and yes, definitely being in television before really helped. Firstly, and the thing I'm most glad of is, you know, I worked on quite positive programs like Your Home Made Perfect, which was always trying to make things better and it can you bring that positivity and there's quite a lot of negative things about food allergy and yeah. a lot of fear and a lot of you know the child in the corner with the food allergies who can't play football or is wheezy you know there's a perception there right that 100 like 100 like there was a show on netflix like recently where um the kid with the allergy was like the the kind of nerdy kind of a bit of a creep like taking pictures of people and like it's just like it's really annoying like the the whole perception on tv and media is like or a bit of eye roll in the corner yeah. oh they've got allergies da, da, da. you know like and i just want to like get rid of that yeah. and be much more like people with food allergies are <laughs> ordinary people the like, normal people we still have people. a normal life and yeah. it really annoys me when people are like i'm defied by my allergy like i think like i mean everyone everyone has their own opinion but i i i'm not like i'm not defined by my allergy and i'm speak very openly about that but then there's some people like oh i am defined by my allergy well yeah i mean it's it's your it's your experience but then i don't think that's positive then on other people and if if someone read that then I don't think it's that positive really by being like I'm defined by it. I mean, for me, it's part of me, but I, I'm not defined by it. I think, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's part of me, but you can still live a normal life. And I think it's just getting that right messaging. Cause and I don't want yeah. to dwell on the fear. You know, we're all conscious. You, you, yeah, you know, with your food allergy, yeah. me as the mother of children with food allergies, we're really conscious of how bad it can be when it goes wrong. Yeah. And so it's trying to move away from that to kind of go, okay, so let's make sure we something doesn't go wrong so yeah, what do yeah. we need to put that in place to then you know yeah. for that not to happen and through education through and training and support and information yeah. making it much safer for people with food allergies so yeah. we've done quite a lot of work as well uh in the allergy team with food businesses yeah. um we did a piece for greg's um Amazing. where we went into and it was a piece for their staff for, so that they understood the emotional impact of food allergy that's so interesting you say the, the emotional impact because i think a lot of the time unless they know someone with a food allergy whether that's a friend or a family member they don't really have that emotional connection to food allergy so it's quite interesting to kind of hear your experience how you kind of covered that topic to make them um, more aware 
Yeah, so using our TV skills and storytelling, yeah. you know, using, um, you know, with interviews with people, um, trying to get that story and message across. So, you know, people who have had food allergy training, they're not just going through the motions. They really realize why this is so important because I bet your friends yeah. are much more conscious about cross-contamination and separation yeah, because they're thinking of you, yeah. yes. Unless they know someone, then they probably don't get how serious food allergies can be. Yeah, and then there's a large catering company, Sodexo. We've done some work with them. Again, similar yeah. films for their staff to really make that emotional connection. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do more of that as well, sort of working with companies to make sure that people really understand. Yeah. And then and then work with schools as well so that people who are in school now hopefully leave school understanding. So the yeah. chefs of the future and so on yeah. can really kind of know how to look after people with food allergy. I think that's really interesting when you spoke about the, the skills and, and doing kind of like a, a workshop slash course to kind of make them aware about how serious food allergies are. I think it's a really good idea to be honest in regards to because skills sometimes that the, the, in terms of the education it can be different like you say for each of the different skills. Well like your friend Aaron. Yeah. You know that should never ever happen. And, yeah. and so training for schools is completely imperative from a safety point of view and from an inclusion point of view yeah. and to get both of those right and it's a you know it can be a really daunting condition for someone responsible to manage and so let's make that easier by giving them information and the tools and educating them so that yeah. they can feel much more on top of it so they're not feeling anxious either dealing with it yeah and i was going to say in regards to going forward what does the future kind of hold for the the algae team well, the big thing for this year is bringing out our course for schools. Amazing. Um, so we're making that at the moment. Been doing some filming on that this morning. Um, and so that'll be coming out later this year. And then also a kind of membership kind of thing for our website and for yeah. families um, so that we can continue to harness the community yeah. um, and continue to kind of provide content, whether that's courses, guides, workshops, and stuff for families living with food allergy. Yeah, I think that's so important, the kind of community aspects in regards to kind of supporting each other kind of through these projects and kind of journeys and kind of getting everyone involved to kind of help each other out in that sense. Totally, and, and by using really good quality, verified kind of reviewed information, not just yeah. sort of, you know, there are a lot of people putting stuff out that perhaps isn't always yeah. verified or, you know, and often with good intention, but... yeah. Not necessary, and so making sure that all of our stuff is reviewed and, and looked after. And verified, yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. So, if anyone wants to kind of find out more about the kind of the Alge team, what's your kind of website and kind of like Instagram handles so people can follow you? It's all quite easy. <laughs> Theallergyteam.com, uh, yeah. Instagram, the Allergy Team, Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> I guess what it is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're mainly on Instagram and our website. Um, but our newsletter, that's what people should really sign up to because yeah. that has all the information on events and also discount codes. Yeah, I really want to do a newsletter this year. It's, it's been it's been on the agenda. I've got a thing called Notion, I've heard of it. It's like for like my note kind of planning. So all my notes from like ideas for Instagram to like kind of like blogs to podcasts. It's like it's like a mini website for your notes. It's, oh, it's really cool. Like, I yeah. think I need it. Check it out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just want to end it on what kind of piece of advice would you give to parents out there with food allergies in regards to them kind of managing it? Find your allies. So yeah. friends, grandparents, um, teachers, 
whoever it is who really understands food allergy because they will make your life so much easier especially if as your children grow older you've got another parent who can take your child on a play date and you feel a hundred percent that they'll be safe because actually just having support like that then it's someone else who can mind your child at football if you can't do that drop off or can pick them up for an hour or or just someone who gets it yeah no that's great piece of advice so yeah thank you for that and what question would you give to the next guest on the podcast which you would want to know the answer to what is the most inspiring piece of advice they've been given amazing all right i'll make sure to ask that in the next podcast so thank you so much Dave, for coming on the podcast and like i said if anyone gets a chance to kind of check out the amazing work of the arch team on instagram on the website as well make sure to check that out thank you thank you dan Bye.